1: Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. We're rule breakers, Ben. We're keeping that door open, man. I mean, I've been in so many different sized
3: radio rooms and booths of like, I don't know what. The, I understand we try to soundproof certain things, but uh, it's a million degrees in here. It's Dude, literally a thousand degrees in this studio
1: right now. We gotta have the door open. Listen here, I'm gonna fall asleep. If we don't do something, yeah, like and I, I, correct, you know, I bounced out of bed this morning, Ben. I was feeling pretty good. We're out there. We're having a pre-show meeting. We're chatting. Open up the door, and bam, punched in the face with a hundred degree. And DJ just shut the door. Thanks a lot, as David James. Out, as soon as he walks out the door, I'm going to reopen it, and let's go. And let's yeah, let's let's get that thing open. There we go. Yeah, it's a yeah. Our studio, Ben. It,
3: it, it I told you there's two rooms in this building that are like this. It's this room, and it's the Quinn Snyder's
1: pregame room. It's a trillion degrees in there too. This room has the ability to get extraordinarily cold, though. Too that's that's the hard part. You never know what you're getting into, Ben. But I honestly, I'll take the cold over the hot. Even though I've complained about the cold in the past, when we were uh, in these studios during the renovation, Ben, you know how much air conditioning was coming into the building. None, none. Yeah. So I'm sitting sure. here and sweating it out in the summer was way worse. And yeah, how's your room in there, Megan? Are you you? Uh, sweltering in there, too? Oh,
3: it's scolding all Is right. it? Yeah. Well, open
1: the door. You got the door open? The opened? door's open, oh, okay, yep. okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, David James is convinced that we'll sound crappy. You know what the, Nor- the Norwegians open. say? What? Which I like this. Even though it
3: doesn't really work for heat, it works for the cold. Don't. Uh, is PK going to come back and close his door? No, nah, he's a nicer guy. DJ's rough. DJ's tougher than you think. Uh, the Norwegians say there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothes. Okay, I could buy into like, that. Like, it's so cold there. You just have to
1: know... How many animal skins you got to be wearing to make sure you yeah, stay warm. Yeah, I, I certainly couldn't couldn't buy into that. I mean, yeah. any skier in Utah or outdoors person in Utah probably knows that. Correct. Yeah, you kind of learn it as you get older. I got my wilderness survival merit badge, Ben. We yeah. had to go like snow caving or whatever. Correct. Like, yeah. yeah, you figure it out. Put a, Wrap yourself in enough Gore-Tex, you're going to be fine. Anywho. But I came in a sweater. Yeah. And that might be coming off. I know. Yeah, I got to big old thing on. Yeah, at least I didn't well, wear a scarf today yeah good point but well, we're gonna get snow tonight so we'll have to get back to the scarf weather and hopefully tomorrow it's not a trillion degrees in here and it uh, you know it snows a lot we need it. That's, yeah, we do. We do. And it's overnight, so give, the, give Great. the good folks push and plow uh, a jump start yep. on everything. Yep. Uh, ben, we are going uh, to talk a lot of Utah Jazz basketball today. Of course, we'll get into some college football. I found it interesting that uh, DJ and PK talked to Dylan Colley today and <laughs> talked to him for like 20 minutes. And one question was about the bowl game, Ben, that they had to really sandwich in at the end. Uh, what's... I mean, I don't blame BYU fans for not caring about this bowl game and we've talked about how unjust it is, but let's get into I mean, can we make this interesting? Can we help BYU fans get jacked about their bowl game? No. Probably not. Okay. <laughs> I wish Discussion I wish over. I could sell
3: I mean it's Saturday. It's the least interesting of the three local bowl games. They probably had the best regular season. In fact, I don't know if it's particularly close. They had the best regular season of any local team. They didn't get to win a conference championship, so Utah and, and Utah State were able to jump them for that. But yeah, BYU's season... I mean, it didn't end with beating USC, but it kind of ended with beating USC. They're a little bit in the uh, summer. Tomorrow's going to be exciting for them. They get to see who's coming in for National Letter of Intent Day, but otherwise, yeah, this is kind of the... Uh, we're already in the early offseason for BYU.
1: So, Which is just a shame, actually. It's, yeah. It's just a shame. So, So really, long and short of this bowl game is just reminding us all why we didn't like independence and why we're looking right. forward to BYU being so in the these Big These last 12? couple of years are going to be about... It's going to be about having a really good team that doesn't get the payoff that they deserve. We'll, we'll jump into the jazz, but this might be the theme of independence for me, is extreme sacrifices for unusual benefits. I guess... Like you sacrifice a conference race? Yeah, for sure. That's an extreme sacrifice. Right. You sacrifice decent bowl opportunities for good teams... And that's, uh, and that's a sacrifice. And what you get is you get some you know, random big games across the country and some teams to come in to Provo that maybe you wouldn't get otherwise, that, uh, that provide some big-time games and big-time atmospheres. The school gets a bigger payday, but it's not your traditional payoff when it comes to, to football.
3: I guess I'm trying to figure out, this is probably an easy answer, it's probably the last two seasons, but it's hard to get the disappointment of these crappy bowl games that you're getting for BYU after having such great regular seasons. But it's better than having an okay regular season than hoping you get a better bowl because ESPN's going to set up a good bowl for you because you're BYU, whether you have six wins or eight wins, you know, nine wins, whatever it is. It's better to be where you are now, but it certainly hurts to say that you're going to this Independence Bowl against a team that nobody cares about. You
1: know, with a really good team.
3: Yeah, with a great team. Yeah, Yeah. so you're not getting the payoff at the end.
1: If BYU were 500, we. Okay.
3: Yeah, no, it'd be fun. It would be actually an answer. You'd say, hey, it's a chance to beat another team that has a winning record and, you know, get to seven wins or get above 500 or
1: whatever it is for BYU that they've been in the past. We didn't complain about um, uh, BYU Memphis and the Miami Beach Brawl. No, that was a great matchup. Right. But this just the unjustness of this. Where you bring up uh, the other team in the state, Utah State. What a reward! Yeah, crazy. What a reward playing yeah. in the first ever L.A. Bowl too at that stadium against a really good Pac-12 opponent. Yes, please. Yeah,
3: right. And, and you know what? This type of stuff does end up mattering. You end up getting great exposure, and it's not just exposure like nationwide. Like I don't know how many people on Saturday are going to sit down and watch Utah State and Oregon State. It might not that be that big of a draw. But it is. It, it's it's exposure to kids who are in the state of Oregon, who may not end up going to Oregon or Oregon State, may not get a chance to play in the Pac-12 and decide, hey, you know, I saw Utah State play. They won 10 games, maybe 11 games if they beat Oregon State coming up this weekend. And you say, I'd go down there. Like, Utah's a good program. I understand that as a Pac-12 footprint. I can go play in Logan at Utah State and be a part of a team that might win 10 games, that can win... Uh, Mountain West Conference Championship, like that type of exposure is awesome. It's not just big picture people knowing your brand name. It's it's really kind of the boots on the ground. It's 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 the close up guerrilla marketing you get to do when you get to go to these bowl games. So that's what's cool for Utah State. Utah gets incredible exposure by being in the Rose Bowl in general. I mean everyone everyone wants to watch Ohio State play. There's a reason Ohio State's on ABC or Fox every single week. People love watching Ohio State football play because they're a true blue blood, and Utah's get a benefit off that. BYU doesn't get that benefit, but the nice thing is they don't necessarily need to expand, explain their brand to anyone. I mean, BYU is a national brand already. They're always a brand. It doesn't matter if they're playing in the Independence Bowl or not. And they have such diehard fans that the fans are going to be excited to watch the team
1: on Saturday regardless. All right, let me ask you this. Maybe I, I don't know why I all of a sudden thought of this. Maybe it's you talking about exposure and that sort of thing. But what percentage of Utah State's NIL money is dairy-related? <laughs> Yeah, that has nothing to do with
3: exposure. You're right. Uh, I mean, that's what it is. Well, out there. I'm just saying, ca- like Cash, Cash Valley, Valley Cheese could get I mean, some big time is. exposure in L.A. Right? Winder Dairy's Ogden, right? I don't think that goes all the way out to Ogden or all the way out to Logan.
1: Oh, uh, I'm. I'm get- can I make? Th- can I make a joke? Yes, please. Two percent. Oh, hey! I was going to go like thirty percent is dairy related up there. Like um, we're going to see a Utah. i was going to go with half and half. We're gonna see Utah State uh a Utah State football player with a cheese curd tattoo at the LA bowl.
3: Get the word out. I am ready for one of these offensive linemen who are not getting their fair shake of the NIL money that decides like, yeah, I'll be I'll get Mountain Dew tattooed on my shoulder. Like Why I'll not? do Red Bull on my forehead. Yeah, whatever. Sign me up. Whatever you gotta do, I'll get a big tattoo on my arm so that I can get cut off at the end of the year. But yeah, give me hundred and fifty thousand dollars and I'll advertise your specific brand for the next I mean, it's like boxers. It's like NASCAR. What they wear on their trunks, what they wear on their uh, on the hoods of their car. Sure. Whatever you got to do, trunks. I don't mean the
1: trunk of the car. I mean the trunk of a boxer. <laughs> the only thing is, is not to doubt young people, but I don't know if they would properly value that. Right. Like like Red Bull would come to a twenty year old and oh, say, yeah. "Hey, I'll give you sixteen dollars oh, to get your
3: it's little Kramer from Seinfeld, who always cuts off before he gets the big sign, uh, the the big you know settlement from the cigarette company yeah, or right. whatever it is. The hot coffee that he pours on his lap. It's like, yeah, I will get free coffee for life instead of the million dollars they were going to add him. In case. Right. they cut him off because they're so excited. It's like two cases of Red Bull. Uh, yeah, okay, <laughs> I'll do it. And like, oh yeah, we drop the quarter million dollars we're going to give you for playing twelve games with Red Bull tattooed on your you know the back of each arm. Yeah, but, right.
1: Yeah. No, you're I hope right. they they properly you know negotiate that because I know at twenty I would have like yes fifteen bucks was was a lot a lot of money yeah one hundred fifty bucks whatever tattoo you yeah. want you're paying for the tattoo also okay sure yeah <laughs> all right hey let's talk about the jazz. Uh, and uh, let, you are uh, the NBA guy. You cover the jazz for kslsports.com. And uh, you also, like me, have a passion for the behind-the-scenes moves yes. of the NBA, which I, I, of course, find fascinating. And there are some good players that co- could possibly be on the trade market should the Jazz be interested in upgrading. Do they need to? And I know we're a couple of months away from the trade deadline, but tonight, actually,
3: at... Midnight, so 10 o'clock hour time, midnight Eastern, uh, the trade moratorium gets lifted. Right. So now all the guys you signed in the offseason are now, everybody basically in the NBA is available to be traded. Everyone can be moved as of tonight. So if you want to start seeing moves, uh, that can happen as early as tomorrow. We could wake up tomorrow with some trades. I don't think it'll be that quick, but generally there's a team or two that's looking to unload somebody or you know move something. Uh, it, it, there are a lot of interesting names out there. There's a couple of rumors that have been going around. Sham Sharani of the Athletics said... Uh, The Jazz are in the market for a defensive wing stopper, which has always been the case. I mean, I don't think even Justin Zanuck's hidden that. He hasn't ever said, hey, we're looking to trade somebody for something. And they've got some second-round draft picks I'm sure they would love to unload. I don't mean players on the team. I mean actual second-round draft picks to get somebody back who could come in and play defense for 10 to 15 minutes a game and potentially be a game changer there. Uh, But... If you're going to get a difference maker, you probably got to give up a difference maker. And that gets to the point where, you know, how serious are the Jazz about feeling like that's an area they need to improve? Do you need a, quote, stopper? I think there's an actual real question if stoppers exist in the NBA really anymore. And then, yeah, what what type of player do you need to come in to go take the Jazz from being, I think you and I both said yesterday... We probably both believe like the Jazz and the Suns are probably in the same tier at this point. Like yep. I, Suns are good. I know they lost last night without uh, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton to the Clippers, who the Jazz are going to see tomorrow night. Clippers were also without Paul George, and maybe Paul George doesn't play tomorrow. But you know the Jazz are probably in that conversation. We'll see. It sounds like Brooklyn thinks they're going to get Kyrie back before the end of the season. There's kind of some new uh, rumors swirling that he'll be back with the team uh, before too long. So... You know How how close are the Jazz to being in that tier? Are they in that tier? And do they want to separate themselves even further? And I think there are actually some guys out there that you can probably do that with. I think the names are Jeremy Grant in Detroit, who we saw in Denver when they uh, beat the Jazz. And I think Pascal Siakam's the name that would be interesting. But those are big-time players who make a lot of money and you'd have to
1: give something big back. Man, I think Jeremy Grant would do a lot for this roster. But to your point, if they're going to do something like that, I mean, they're going to have to part with something that you know, isn't easy to part with, right? You know, if if you could do a Bogdanovich, Jeremy Grant straight-up trade, well, Bogdanovich is good. Yeah. He plays a big role. No, so he's team. huge. Yeah, yeah I right. mean, he so, scored
3: 30 in the first half of a playoff game when you didn't have Donovan Mitchell. Like, 30 point... I don't think Jeremy Grant's giving you 30 in the first half of a playoff game. Right. Like, that's a huge... He's a huge weapon. Boyan Bogdanovich is absurdly good and absurdly important to what the Jazz do and is kind of a you know a key to all their spacing, but we know he's not as good as defensively as a guy like Jeremy Grant, so if that type of trade was there, now the Jazz would have to give more. Jazz are sure. probably talking about draft picks and also somebody like Jared Butler. Like, you're, you're making a huge investment, but you are absolutely saying our championship window is open. This is the year. This is the type of trade we have to make. And you go out and you, you know, you make a major push for it. But Jeremy Grant's a difference maker. He's out for the next six weeks. He's got a, tore the ligament in his thumb, but you know, he'll come back and be fully healthy by the time the playoffs are there, and then you have to hope your chemistry would be in the right spot.
1: Also, here is the problem with difference makers, particularly difference makers that are obviously difference makers, enough so the two radio bozos in Salt Lake recognize them as difference makers, is that everybody and their dog knows they're difference makers. Correct. What team wouldn't want Jeremy Grant right. or Pascal Siakam oh, yeah. for that
3: matter? I mean, I mean, Pascal's been the third best player on a championship team. Yeah. So that's a huge, you know, feather in his cap already that, that he knows he can bank on, but that's why you trade for him. Like, you know how good he can be in a specific role. I mean, they beat the Warriors. I know it wasn't the Warriors with Clay and Kevin Durant. Sure. Like, I know they were beat up, but you beat a really good basketball team. You beat maybe the best Philadelphia 76ers team that's been in this recent incarnation that they've had. Like, this has been that, – that that's a very legitimate player who's a high-end player who, you know, being in a place like Utah, having come from New Mexico State, having played in Toronto, it's not like he's going to have a hard time adjusting to the culture.
1: Problem is, what's the cost, Ben? Because yeah. you're going to have to have the best – Package, this is. It's not going to be a situation where, you know, it's only one spot bidding for the services. I mean, I think you're going to have every contending team going for those guys. And why wouldn't you? Right. No. And there's there's guy. I
3: mean, we were talking about it with DJ before uh, he kept shutting our door and heating up this office. Uh, I mean, a guy like Eric Gordon. In Houston right now, who, if you watch the Hawks game, which why on earth would anyone watch a Phoenix Suns Hawks or a uh, Houston Rockets-Atlanta Hawks game unless they were forced to? Last night, Eric Gordon went off for like 34 points. We've seen him do it to the Jazz. He scored 50 on the Jazz a couple of years ago in a game they absolutely shouldn't have lost. There was no James Harden and no Russell Westbrook. I mean, those types of guys are going to be out there, and this is the type of year where I think... I mean, look at the standings, Jake. It's pretty unbelievable to look at the NBA standings right now, especially in the Western Conference. And you can see that the Jazz and the Suns are really good. I think the Warriors are good. They technically still have the best record in the West at 22-5. and
1: They're yeah, a little thin. They're just so
3: thin. They're yeah. so reliant on Steph last night. Again, Steph was trying to break the three-point record, and they, I mean, they, they lost to a bad team last night as well uh, in their loss. So I, I think... There's two teams, the Jazz and the Suns. I think there's even if you want to throw the Warriors in there, there's a huge drop off then between the Jazz and the and the Grizzlies who are at number four or the Clippers who I don't think are going to get Kawhi back. The Lakers might figure it out, but I'm not banking on it. Dallas isn't very good. Denver's so beat up. Like there's such a huge drop that there are probably teams that are willing to sell by just saying like, uh, we don't see a realistic shot to get into the conversation with Phoenix this year or the Jazz this year or if you want to say the Warriors, the Warriors this year. So we're going to sell one or two of our pieces get healthy, get a draft pick, reload for next year and be ready to go. I think if you want to buy and you're a top three team in the West, there is going to be a pretty good seller's market out there.
1: So one, uh, there were a bunch of rumors around Ben Simmons yesterday uh, as well. And I think that's the one player the Jazz should never entertain uh, trading for. But because I say that, they probably will. Uh, but did you see Ben Simmons and the Lakers were, were linked yesterday? Or there were some rumors about that? And I thought to myself... Is Rob Palinka a moron, or is LeBron James the worst GM ever? Because a team that desperately needs shooting. You know why the Lakers aren't in this conversation, Ben? Can't shoot. Can't shoot. Can't shoot right. a lick. And so why not go out and get Ben Simmons? Well, you can't Great idea. Russell Westbrook
3: because Russ and Joel Embiid hate each other. Remember, they've like fought each other several right. times on the floor, so, so that's, that's not, not the, the trade. But did you see LeBron James' tweets? I think it was yesterday. Let me pull up his uh, Twitter right now. LeBron James last night was tweeting about Juan Toscano Anderson, retweeted a highlight of Juan Toscano Anderson, who plays for the Lakers, making a layup, and he said, he's so special! Triple exclamation point. Oh, he's boy. him, all caps. He's trying to build up Juan Toscano. Oh, not Juan Toscano. Uh, Taylin Horton Tucker. Excuse me, I'm mixing up my... Uh, my, my California three named players Taylor Horton Tucker who plays for the Lakers he's trying to build up his trade value on Twitter so he can move him because general manager LeBron James loves to do that so he's retweeting highlights of Talon Horton Tucker guy. scoring 19 <laughs> points in a game so he can move him and it's like so thinly veiled of what LeBron is trying to do to his teammates to try and give himself a championship roster it's pretty funny You know who they need, honestly? And the Jazz don't need anything from the Lakers. I mean, other than LeBron or Anthony Davis. If you can get those guys, get them. They need Boyan Bogdanovich. Like, they absolutely need the no conscience assassin shooter who's going to sit in the corner, and if he takes 12 shots one game, he's happy. If he takes 18, he's happy. If he takes 6, he's happy. He's not a great defensive player, but you have enough guys around him. Like, Boyan is exactly the type of player that the Lakers need, but they're dumb enough to probably chase a guy like Ben Simmons.
1: Buddy healed yeah, type right. Of guy yeah, that they exactly. Need. They would have rest. had him. Yep. yep, that's just crazy. Yeah, G- GM LeBron is not terrific. Do you remember who was the player out of? It was UConn, wasn't yep. it? That that he made the Heat draft before, before he bounced. Shabazz Napier. <laughs> I didn't tell you my Shabazz Napier story. Let it's, me
3: one the, it's one of the most uh, obnoxious stories of my life. I mean, it was me being obnoxious. So. It was my first draft I ever went to, was the Chivas Napier draft. It was the first time I ever covered it in New York. And I've told you the day before, you, get, you go to this big ballroom, and it's a, just a hotel yeah. uh, in downtown Manhattan. And like all the players are around, and it's college kids. And college kids are generally nicer than NBA players because they don't have any money. They're excited to be in front of the media for the first time. Like They think they're a part of the show. So I, we get done with all the media stuff, and I get in an elevator to go upstairs because I know somebody who's staying in the hotel room uh, and I dropped my bags in their room so I could go back and get them so I didn't have to have my backpack with me and I get in the hotel room to go back up to his room to get my bag and Shabazz Napier gets in the (laughs) gets in the elevator with me and it's like we have like 18 20 stories to go like I'm like I gotta break the ice because this is gonna be really awkward and uh I said to him uh must be cool to have LeBron talking about you before the draft, because exactly like you said, like LeBron tweeted, this is the best player in the draft. Yeah. Shabazz Napier is the best player in college basketball. And he looks at me, and he rolls his eyes, he goes, yeah. And then I had to sit there for 20 floors
1: oh, <laughs> as we oh, up man. an elevator
3: with Shabazz Napier. And uh, he's out of the league.
1: Not a great draft pick LeBron <laughs> made there. He might not be out of the league, but he's not any good. You, you, could, have put, you could have picked some like non-basketball-related small talk, Ben. He's in uh, St. Petersburg. Not Florida. Russia. You know, I don't know. You know, Sometimes when you meet somebody, they don't prefer small talk related to what they do. Maybe you should have picked something oh, else. Oh, I like, should have. Like, hey. Uh, Absolutely. Did you uh, see that Mel Gibson movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I bet Shabazz Napier's not a huge Mel Gibson guy.
0: Maybe, you, you, should have gone, yeah.
1: maybe you, should, you should have gone the direction of, uh, of modern lasers. But it was one of the, the t- ways I learned to just shut up. <laughs> yeah. What I realized is you get in the elevator, just mind your own business, and pull your phone out and pretend you don't know anybody. You should have said, hey, I know this great clinic in Salt Lake that does a lot of things for you. Let's get out to the zone phone right now. Joining us now from Premier Wave Medical, he's our friend Dr. Justin Johnson.
2: Dr. Johnson, what's going on? Jake, how you doing, my friend? That was the best segue I've ever heard (laughs) in my life.
1: I was trying. I was trying for you, Dr. Johnson. I'm doing great. How are you? How's everybody down there? Awesome. We're doing well. Great. Doing well. Good to hear it. Well, we're happy to have you on the show today, and we're happy to get the word out.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're getting busier and busier as the word gets out about all the fun treatments we have, because, you know, that's what it is all about, fun, because that's what big part of your life and so no need to suffer through not being able to perform in the bedroom and have intimate relations so we have the treatments that you know people need and, and want and we actually have the only FDA approved laser in Utah that's been shown to be twice as effective as any other treatment and it just works so well we've had great response from all our patients
1: and of course you have access to all of this because uh, with your bra- background you uh, were instrumental in developing these sorts of things
2: yeah, in fact, the laser we use for the vaginal rejuvenation side of the women, I helped develop. You know, I was a professor at Duke for several years, and one of my emphasis was, was CO2 laser uh, study, and so I helped develop this laser that we use for the women's side. But And so then it kind of brought me some partnerships with the other laser companies, so that's how we got into the ED side. as the main company that makes the duo, which is the FDA-approved laser approached us to be their premier partner, and so we, you know, partnered with them and helped, train other doctors on this, and it's been a great experience.
1: All right, so what do our listeners need to do? Let's get the ball rolling on this thing.
2: Yeah, so, you know, we're they, all they need to do is call us to give us our buzz at 385-360-WAVE, which is 385 or they can go to our website. And we're offering some great specials as it's, you know, Christmas. So one of the barriers people have to treatment is the cost of the procedure, but we have right now 0% interest for anyone who signs up for 24 months at the end of the year, so it's basically like free money. And then the other offer we're giving is people who've tried the other places and haven't quite gotten the results that they want. We feel so confident that they'll get results with our machine, which we've been, which has been borne by experience. That we'll give them half off. Of the treatment. If they can show that they've gone somewhere else and not gotten the results, we'll give them half off of our treatments. All
1: right, premierwave.com or call them 385-360-WAVE. That's 385-360-9283. Doctor, we appreciate you. We'll catch up with you later on in the show. Yeah, you
2: have a nice day. Take care.
1: You too. That's our friend, Dr. Uh, Dr. Justin Johnson. Again, that number, 385-360-WAVE. Top three stories at kslsports.com. Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. Time for the top three stories at kslsports.com. Brought to you today by our friends at Davis Vision. The fifth annual Black Friday sale has been extended through December at Davis Vision. If you're tired of those glasses or contacts, get LASIK now. Save 1400 bucks. Limited spots available, so get on it. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call 801-2533. 3080, that is Davis Vision. All right, Megan, let's get right to it.
2: All right, number
3: one Adapt and Survive. Rudy Game, Bracing Fit with Utah Jazz.
1: What a headline, which is on top of Ben Anderson's latest at KSLSports.com, talking about Rudy Gay. You ventured down to practice yesterday, Ben. Uh, let's talk about uh, what you learned.
3: His role has just kind of been a big conversation this year of you know, what's he going to be, where's he at his best. And it really does seem to change every night. And it was kind of funny to think back of the 12 games he's played so far. And. You know he's been everything from George Niang's replacement to filling in for you know what the Jazz lost in Derek Favors. Hassan Whiteside was hurt a couple of games, so he's basically playing backup center. But he's done a lot. Sometimes he initiates the offense. Sometimes he's purely a ball spacer, just depending on who the Jazz are playing. And it's fun to watch how he's playing. It is funny though his approach and how he talks about it. He's just he doesn't need to be the guy with the ball in his hands anymore. And he talked about his draft class and he came in with that 2006 draft class and there's only six guys. From that class that are still in the NBA, and it's all guys who have had to do the same thing. Lamarcus Aldridge, who was an All Star, is probably a Hall of Famer. Uh, he's going to be, you know, one of the lesser players that makes it, but he's probably in the Hall of Fame. He's now a Sixth Man of the Year candidate with the Brooklyn Nets. John Rondo has got had to go from being, you know, kind of the cool up and young up and coming point guard to this veteran who comes off the bench and just kind of fills in spots here and there. Kyle Lowry, who was not great the first eight years of his career and has been a Hall of Famer over the last eight years and probably goes to the Hall of Fame as well. P.J. Tucker, who got drafted, didn't play in the league for five years, came back, and now we know how valuable P.J. Tucker is. And then Paul Millsap is maybe the greatest example of a player who came to the league as one thing and is going to leave as the totally different. I mean, he was a rebounder turned into this incredible three-point shooter in Atlanta. So it's funny to watch these guys who have been around for 16 years, I guess, in in, in a guy like... uh, And I need to change my uh, number here. But yeah, 16 years in the NBA that are, are finding ways to, to still contribute. And Rudy Gay is, is just an unbelievably gifted basketball player and talented player and has this incredible body that's allowed him to do these different things. And he seems legitimately
1: happy to be here in Salt Lake City. I think the best example of that, or how about this uh, comparison, Ben? Uh, you have two players that played their early parts of their career in Toronto. Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady. Yes. Both physically... Very dynamic, um, and, and good players, of course. Tracy McGrady uh, ended up kind of disappearing from the league overnight. Vince Carter played. Uh, Vince could probably still be playing. Yeah, for sure. You know, honestly, He's, he he figured out a way to adapt his game after the athleticism left him, and he figured out a way to play a role. You know, which Ben takes some putting your ego aside. You know, if yeah. if you're a player like LaMarcus Aldridge, borderline Hall of Famer, Correct. it's probably not real easy to go, wait, you want me to come off the, the bench and play a role? Right. Do you, you know, know who I am? Right. I'm LaMarcus W. Aldridge. Right. I mean, I'm out here to dominate, man. That's what I do. So it takes some ego. Uh, you know who had to get over that was uh, was Carmelo Anthony. Had to 100%. F- he was almost out of the league as a result of he that. He was out of the league. Yeah. He, he missed a whole year, didn't he? Yep. And had to figure out a way to put his ego aside. And Vince Carter did that, and Tracy McGrady did not. And one had a really good MBA career that could have lasted longer, and one had a Hall of Fame career that lasted into his 40s, which is which is pretty amazing. So you look at somebody like Rudy Gay, who think of his time at Memphis, Ben, you know, throw him in the borderline All Star category, and he never made one, but right. he was a really impactful player on a good team. And he was a totally different player back then than he is now. And now he's evolved his game and his body and all those things to to stay in the league and be an impact player. And, uh, sorry, Ben, long-winded way of getting to the point that he is the Jazz flexibility. Absolutely. He's going to play a huge role in the playoffs. He I mean, is their flexibility. He is what they did not have last year. Correct. If
3: they don't go out and make a trade for a guy like we've talked about, uh, Jeremy Grant or uh, you know Pascal Siakam or one of these kind of big bodies yeah. and – that you know it doesn't have to be those two guys but if they don't go and make a guy like that they're going to lean on Rudy Gay to be the difference maker like you said they're going to rely on him to be the thing that they didn't have last season which is a versatile defender who can play both front court positions can still step out and shoot which we know he can do he's shooting the best he's ever shot the ball And he's shooting it more than he's ever shot the ball from the three-point line. And he's having success. The Jazz have been really good this year with him. So uh, you're right. He's going to be an enormous part of the Jazz right now. I, I thought it was funny to hear him talk about how he doesn't. He said, I don't get paid enough to go and beat up his body. Every day right now. Now, he's saving himself a little bit for the playoffs, and I think you can probably see that when he's on the floor. Not to the extent that some guys do, who just seem to check out during the regular season. I think he still plays really hard. Uh, But but he recognizes this is not when he needs to prove himself. That's going to come later in the season. Uh, But he also admitted, he said, you've got to reinvent yourself every year. It's the draft every year, which I thought was a really good quote. It's the draft every year. You've got to give your team something, which is like, yeah, that's that's admirable for a guy who's been in the NBA for 16 seasons.
1: And... um done a lot to come back from some fairly serious injuries. I mean, and saying? Achilles.
3: Yeah. I mean, he's had an Achilles. It's the bad basketball injury, especially for a guy who's as freakishly as athletic as he is, and that was his game was being bigger and more athletic than anybody else and he's had to, you know, adapt his skills and add add skills to his game that he didn't have to rely on before, but it's made
1: him a better player. How did he put it earlier in the season that he's had to learn to walk again twice? Yeah, twice. <laughs> I, you know, we always out of sight out of mind with injured players. It's one of the kind of Terrible things about sports but but it's a real thing that we don't appreciate the amount of effort pain and sacrifice yeah. that goes into coming back from these major injuries and I would bet somebody in kind of more of the twilight of their career like Rudy Gay could easily go you know what I'm going to rehab this one slow we'll see how it goes yeah you know oh he
3: said he said it's more fun to go he said he said this, I have two kids I haven't raised
1: well I mean, it doesn't mean he's ignoring
3: his kids he's just he's in the NBA. You don't get to stay at home with your kids when you're in the NBA. You're on the road all the time, so yep. you don't get to see them very often. He said it's way more fun to be at home with them than it is to come to work, but he wants to win a championship. And, and I know some of those quotes, if you kind of take them out of context, could sound like a bad thing, like he doesn't care. No, he cares so much, which is why he's in the NBA, You know, which is why he still wants to be here with the Jazz. He's willing to do you know give up these things, make less money than he could have elsewhere, uh, because he wants to win right now with the Jazz, and I think he's shown that he can be a part of it.
1: Oh, for sure. I couldn't agree more, Ben. All right. On to the next.
3: Number two. Tavian Thomas to decide on NFL future after Rose Bowl.
1: Smart. Yes. We've seen a couple guys. Our
3: guy Cole, Cole Fotheringham yesterday declared for the draft. Yeah. So he's going to go play. Uh, we know Britton Covey's going to try and make it in the NFL after the Rose Bowl. TJ Pledger did the same thing. We've got uh, three local players uh, in the university from the University of Utah that we know are going to take a stab at uh, at the NFL, even though they could have come back for one more season. Tavion Thomas has a good chance to get drafted. I think if he decides he wants to put his name in the hat, and look, if he has a big Rose Bowl, which is certainly extremely possible, he could be a you know end up being you know third round pick type of guy. It's not a great year for running backs, but wait, give yourself a little bit of time. There's no reason to commit to anything right now.
1: I think uh, a lot of people out there downplay these types of scenarios when it comes to draft status. He's on the ultimate stage, almost the ultimate stage. I mean he's playing in the Rose Bowl. As good as it gets. Yep. If he goes out there and runs over Ohio State, he's gonna get publicity coming out of his ears. Publicity that he probably can't match yes next year unless they did something like go to the college football playoff, which I suppose would be a possibility. But I mean if you go and ball out on this stage, you can absolutely improve your status by leaps and bounds. And maybe that doesn't sound fair Because, hey, why is this game any different than game number three when it comes to evaluating talent? But it is. It It makes a difference. It just is. It's like the NCAA tournament in basketball. If you can go ball out in the tournament, whether you're good or not, you're going to improve your status just based on the magnitude of it all. And the narrative and the perception. And and you and I were having a chat um, earlier off the air about, you know, how— prospects get buzz going for themselves because the buzz and that sort of thing really matters Correct. when it comes to it. So if I'm Tavion Thomas and I know that I have X amount of years being a running back and it ain't long, you know, we're talking about Vince Carter playing into his 40s. Running backs don't play into their 40s. Right. They barely play into their 30s. And so if you can go ball out on a big time stage and get yourself to be a, a secure draft pick, I don't know what the book on him is right now, what what range he'd be in, but but you got to go. Yep. You got to go. But at the same time, you got to play in this game. And all these guys are going to play, right? And not just, I'm sure, for their love of the program in Utah and that they want to win, but also, you know, Britton Covey. We talked about him. He's got an uphill battle. And maybe he'll prove everybody wrong. But you know what's going to help him? If he returns a punt in the Rose Bowl.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, you make a, I mean, Derek Williams from Arizona, you remember, had a
1: great run Best in the NCAA tournament. ever. And ended up as the number two overall pick and was garbage. Gone! <laughs> it was garbage. Not just garbage, but gone. In like yeah. two years. Yeah, and it was all because he got hot for
3: three weeks. Yeah. But you know what? He made... Like $25 million out of that. Great. Good for him. Like He he capitalized. That, that was his job. Yep. You Your job in life as these guys who are going to college to try and make money and as a living is to, in fact, make that money. So Derek Williams from Arizona ended up making a bunch of money, and good for him. He did exactly what was right for him. So yes, if Tavion Thomas can go out and have another three or four touchdown game, which has become somewhat typical for him, and rush for 120 yards like he's done, it seems like, every game over the last seven or eight weeks, yeah, he's, he should go to the NFL. But... If he doesn't, it's not like he can't get better. You know, you can get better as a pass blocker. That's what Zach Moss came back and did. You know, he he could have gone early, decided to come back, and became a better player for it. He can get better catching the ball out of the backfield. He only had two receptions this year. That's crazy. You know, like, there are wrinkles you can add to your game to show off that, hey, I'm, I'm I'm an every down back in the NFL. And he's freakishly talented. I mean, his season 20 touchdowns is the best Utah's ever seen. And when you consider the talent they've had, at running back, that's extremely significant, especially when you consider how few touches he had to co- compared to a guy like Zach Moss, uh, if we're just using recent history. So he's had a great season. You know, he's going to be a key piece for the Utes in the Rose Bowl, and uh, we'll keep an eye on what he's able to do. All right, Megan. Number three BYU's Aaron Roderick disagrees with Bulls are meaningless narrative. Coaches love Bulls because they love bowl practice. They love fall practice. They love the idea that you get an extra. I mean, I know BYU plays on Saturday, so they don't get the extra two weeks or three weeks. whatever you get an Utah's extra spring get, ball, though. But you get an extra spring ball, yeah. and coaches love that. And look, it's super valuable. I believe it, it's super valuable. All the coaches say they love it. They need it. Keeps kids out of trouble. I totally get why it's a big deal for them. Uh, but and also, you know, you don't want your kids not taking this seriously. This is this is an opportunity to work. This is an opportunity
1: to go win something, and and you learn something from winning these games, so you can win in the future. Uh, Here's the quote from Hanson Scotty yesterday, quote, we're excited to play. I just want to say that I disagree with anybody that says bowl games are meaningless. Every bowl game I've ever been to was a blast. It's a reward for these players, unquote, which that that part is true. I've never seen anyone
3: get to a bowl game and say that wasn't worth it. (laughs) You know, like there are players who don't play. Yeah. But it seems like everyone has fun. You get bowl gifts. You get to go travel one more time as a team. I think the coaches enjoy being around the kids. I think I I, I certainly believe that. Like I bet you, it's a blast to get on yeah. the road and, and go down some place you've never played before and play against a team you're probably never going to see again. Like I, I think there are some cool wrinkles to it, even if it's not the bowl game BYU
1: hoped they were. What uh, a <laughs> what bowl game was it uh, that gave Gunther a backpack that he carried around, probably still to this day. You remember that? Yeah. What was I? I want to say it was the San Francisco, the nut bowl, but I don't think that was it. He probably went
3: to the Poinsettia Bowl like the Poinsettia. three times. It might have been the Poinsettia
1: It might have been the Poinsettia that was the bowl. only game they went to. It felt like forever. So I'm almost positive that's No, what that I is. mean, you know, Shreveport might not be Miami Beach, for example. But, yeah. you know, you go out there, you spend time with your teammates. It should be a w- reward for the players. And when you talk about the extra spring ball, most of the upperclassmen are kind of practicing for the bowl prep, honestly, especially for a bowl like this, you know, where they feel like they probably can just show up and win. And I know they're not telling their players that, but it's really the young players that are getting the work in practice. It's almost, like you say, an extra extra spring ball because they're almost like cheating, right? Oh, you guys aren't going to play in this bowl game, but you're going to get most of the work in practice because you're going to be back next year. So Gunther went to the Fiesta Bowl.
3: He played on special teams, played one snap. (laughs) The Emerald Bowl. Like you talked about, the Armed Forces Bowl and the Poinsettia Bowl. And then he left the year before the Sugar Bowl team. He, he was the only player you know on the what?
1: offense that didn't return. It was the Armed Forces Bowl. I think you're right. It, it was the, the Armed, Armed Forces, Forces Bowl. Bowl. And yeah, he was the only player on that offense that didn't return. <laughs> and he graduated, of course. He was out of eligibility. It's not like he bounced. but
3: One time during the show that we were doing together, he didn't realize it. But I was just putting garbage in his backpack the entire show. <laughs> And he got mad at me. He's like, why were you tearing up paper through the entire show? He said, you could hear it over the microphone the whole time. And then he got home and he had a backpack full of
1: garbage. Oh, garbage. <laughs> wow, Ben. You're that guy. That's funny, though. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned. While we'll more oh, coming up next, uh, Randy Ray's going to be on the show at 1130. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and uh, and 1280 The Zone. Um, I read a big, long Yahoo thing yesterday. Yahoo. Didn't you make fun of me for saying that wrong? You say Yahoo? Yahoo. Yahoo? What is I it? I said Yahoo. Yahoo? All right, that's what I say. You call it whatever you want to call it. <sighs> uh, Urban. Urban Meyer. It seems like it's, it's spiraling out of control it is. on him quick. But anyway, the this was a long read at Yahoo. Yeah. Ben. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, I, I thought the most interesting thing that came out of it is he threatened uh, leakers in his program. That they would be fired on the spot, and this is coming on the heels of last week's reports that he was he was calling his assistant coaches losers. Losers.
3: He wanted to know who brought them in here. <laughs> and he's, you sir, you hired these people
1: that can't help you win games. You took the job that everyone knew was a bad bad football job. And he's he's benched his star, his best running back. I mean, it's but anyway, his his program i guess so to speak is a leaky ship and uh, with these stories i mean you see these stories in politics a lot right you know it's like well you're so worried about the leaks why don't you worry about not calling your assistant coaches losers why don't you worry about that but i thought that was interesting ben urban's threatening everybody if you're leaking you're fired on the spot it sounds like he's trying to get fired right no i don't think so i think he's trying to get out
3: I think he wants to get out. I think he realizes this is not going to get turned around. I think he knows he can't turn it around. He doesn't have the pieces. He doesn't have the ability. And because, who's Shad Khan? Is that their owner? Yeah, uh-huh. uh Who's a bad owner as well. Uh, he's not going to pay him $60 million to go away. His buyout's crazy. He's got $10 million a year for the next six years that he's owed. He's going to get every penny of it. He doesn't want to earn it. I think he'd rather get fired at this point, but he doesn't also want to quit because then he doesn't get his money. Like I think he wants to get fired, not for cause, so he can still get his money. But you know, he 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 wants out, and I can't I can't believe I can't imagine he's still there next year.
1: Well, I can't imagine he's still there next year either. Although I don't know, this strikes me as somebody who's not handling things correctly, as opposed to some sort of calculated move and the only reason i i I really am coming to that conclusion is because calling his assistant coaches losers is exactly something he would have done at utah florida or ohio state he lost one game to new mexico and allegedly punched his offensive coordinator in the face (laughs) well this is new mexico (laughs) makes sense marched right in there Pop the right, uh, Mike Sanford right in the kisser. I mean, it's, the, he's, it's why it was never going to work in the NFL yeah. to begin with, right. Ben. And it seems to me that this is a guy whose ego is so big that he's not adjusting his behavior. He's just trying to do what he's always done, and it's, it was never going to work at that level because it's a different animal.
3: But he knows that it doesn't work at this level, and he could change if he had to, and he won't change it.
1: See, I don't think he knows that. I think he still thinks like, I am the great Urban Meyer, sir. Then that's why it's not working. Not enough people... Then that's another reason why it's not working. Not enough people are listening to me. Too many people are talking to the press. I am the great Urban Meyer, and if if those losers just listened to me, we'd be winning football games. Whether it's reality or not. So I don't know. I, I find that interesting. Maybe he is trying to intentionally get himself fired. But I see it just as... Uh, a very egotistical man is failing and not handling it well. Yeah. And passing the buck on to everybody Correct. else. He's
3: also not taking it. He took the blame yeah. for dancing with the girl at the bar, the girl sitting on his lap, but he hasn't taken the blame, it seems like, for anything else.
1: He didn't take the blame for the girl dancing He on apologized his lap. for it. What he said it was yeah. a picture or Correct. something like that. Uh, I was just getting a picture and she pulled me closer. So what? what... I mean... It was absolutely not taking accountability for anything. Sure. And he had not flown back with the team right. just to Stay out. do whatever he was doing. Yep. I think he said visit his grandkids, and by that he meant you know spend time with a bar fly. I don't know. I don't know I, where his grandkids hang out. <laughs> listen, I had good interactions with Urban when he was here, so I, yep. I'm not an Urban hater. But I also was familiar enough with his behavior to know that this was never going to work at the NFL. I'm and not- he might just really spoil his career in the in the meantime his rep i think it's already pretty spoiled is it yeah i think it's already pretty done well if he comes back and makes playoffs next year which is not going to happen
3: no no he's got to go back to college if he's going to repair his image he's got to go back to college go back to bowling green
1: all right uh joining us now let's get out of the zone phone from premier wave medical our friend dust uh dr justin johnson what's going on dr johnson Hey,
2: Jake, how you doing, my friend?
1: I'm doing great. Eager to get the word out and help some listeners.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's Christmas. You know, we're getting Christmas presents for everyone. We need to get a Christmas present for ourselves. And that's where we come in. You know, Premier Wave Medical, we have a bunch of treatments for both men and women. We have uh, treatments for erectile dysfunction and treatments for vaginal rejuvenation for the women. So give yourself a present to yourself.
1: How about that? Yeah, because that's a big part of life, right? I mean, that is a big part of self.
2: Yeah, and you know what's crazy is most people don't realize how many people suffer with these conditions. So, like, for erectile dysfunction, over fifty percent of men, 50 and over, have some type of erectile dysfunction. And for women, uh, 75% of women suffer from this thing called anorgasmia, which is an inability to orgasm correctly. And so people suffer in silence, and they they don't need to. We have treatments that are not only effective, they've been FDA approved for both of those. So it's a great time to come in and get those treatments done. We have uh, FDA approved lasers. We have a great staff. that's well-trained. We've got great results. So there's no reason to suffer in silence and to suffer with this. You can treat yourself. And the thing that's great is we actually have a special going on for the 1288Zone listeners where you can get 0% financing for 24 months. So, you know, I know you're spending money on Christmas presents. You don't need to lay down a ton of money you can finance it out it's like free money
1: that's awesome all right so uh what do the folks need to do just give you
2: call yeah so they call us at 385-360-9283 or they can go to our website which is premierwave.com or they can follow us on our facebook instagram tiktok you know see some fun videos we're putting out all those good things
1: Awesome. 385-360-WAVE. That's 385-360-9283. Or go to premierwave.com. Thank you very much, doctor.
2: Yeah, we'll talk to you later. Take care.
1: See you, buddy. Uh, 385-360-WAVE. That's 385-360-9283. Premier Wave Medical. More next. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 of the Zone.
0: I'm Dave Cawley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985,